Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the AWS Podcast. Great to have you back. Simon Alicia here in Melbourne, Australia. Joined this week for a special interview. I'm joined by Anthony Johnson, who's CTO of Jiffy in New York City. Welcome, Anthony. Thank you. Uh, although I'm going to have to pronounce you on the, the uh, correct one of pronunciation. <laughs> it's called it's Giffy. It's Giffy. See, this is the thing. This is the this is the perennial discussion. Is it Giffy or Jiffy? Um, before we get into any technology or anything, firstly, thank you for joining us. Um, and let's talk about, is it Jiffy or Giffy? And given it's your company, you get to call it what you like. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, you know, I, I personally didn't have strong views on the matter until uh, I joined Giffy. Um, I think um, you know, the viewpoint was that uh, at the company is that it is a graphical format. You pronounce graphical with a G, a hard G. So let's call it Giffy. Um, Giffy. I is. believe the found. Yeah, I believe. I believe the inventor of 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 GIFs has said it's pronounced GIF, but we've decided to go counterculture and call it Giffy, and so that's that's where that's where we're standing. And oh, uh, this so. is going to be one of the, this is going to be one of these things that's right up there with tabs versus spaces. I mean, it's really exactly. it's it's exactly. deep in the technical culture of uh, of arguments. So um, so if I slip from time to time, my apologies, but I'll for the for the duration of this podcast. Giffy it is. <laughs> I will be appropriately offended. <laughs> so, Anthony, tell us firstly about what, what Giffy is, what it does, and given that you're CTO, then we can switch to some, some technical stuff. But uh, tell us a little bit about the company. Uh, yeah. So Giphy is the, the, the main search engine for GIFs in the world, um, the, um, which, uh, to be fair, is really sort of underselling it. But um, um, when, when people... Uh, in any um, messaging app, whenever they're on the web, whenever they're looking for a way of expressing themselves uh, through GIFs or short-form video, um, they they come to us. Um, and we've now become, I would argue, the, the standard in that space. Um, we are the largest uh, search engine and uh, instant messaging uh, GIF provider um, in the world. Um, by a long way, as far as we can tell. Um, and uh, a lot of people have used us without even knowing that they use us. So <laughs> we have uh, ubiquity, um, albeit uh, a somewhat uh, silent ubiquity in some cases. So a little, you're acting as a little bit of plumbing to some extent of uh, what we do each and every day and the way we communicate a lot of um, social media interaction, et cetera. That's what we're hoping. Um, as far as we can tell, that's what we're achieving. But uh, hopefully we'll be more and more uh, uh, integrated into everyone's life. But uh, we're, we're, we're definitely there right now. For sure. Well, I have to claim a, 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 um, a, a small addiction problem with, um, with Giphy when using Slack and the integration between the two and the fact that you can kind of uh, easily put in a, a term and it automatically fills it in for you is really that, – that gets addictive <laughs> real quick. <laughs> yeah, the uh, – uh, it has definitely become very, very popular in workplaces, and we, uh, and, uh, we can't, you know, we we, uh, we hope that we'll have similar products out there to uh, to make any so, any social interaction uh, just that much more awkward. <laughs> we love it. So let's talk about the technical problem domain. So, so from the outside of you, we're talking about obviously global reach. We're talking about graphics, uh, which can be heavy bandwidth wise. We're talking about real time. Uh, scale. Uh, I'm sure a whole lot of other issues that you can share with us. So, so talk us through the 
the I'm thinking about it carefully, the Giphy journey uh, from a technical standpoint and uh, and the way you've used AWS towards that. Yeah, so I mean, historically, the company was built off of um, a monolithic PHP application um, with, uh, but uh, as far as I know, entirely um, uh, AWS based. So traditional web um, web front end uh, with PHP and MySQL as, as the backing store. Um, uh, but you know, over the years, as we've have grown from uh, a, a small company to uh, really a quite a substantial. Uh, website and API, um, we've had to um, take a lot of uh, take a lot of well, sort of introspect and work out how to scale that out. Um, in uh, in practice, what like any website that scales heavily, that, that involves a lot of caching. Um, it also involves a lot of um, basically breaking up of, of functionality into microservices. So. Um, the current uh, our current uh, goal for the the year is to move away from uh, where we've been before into an entirely microservices architecture uh, based architecture um, using sort of more of the tradition the most traditional sort of the traditional pieces of a, of a, uh, a microservices architecture that are prevalent nowadays so uh, docker continuous integration uh, eventually moving to continuous deployment um, Language-wise, we're shifting from uh, PHP to a mixture of Python and uh, Scala. And um, uh, database-wise, we are still on RDS, um, but are uh, investigating and looking at um, several uh, distributed databases to help us go across uh, uh, made, well, all the parts of the world and actually have a completely... Um, uh, distribute our uh, our servers across uh, hosting sites uh, throughout the world. For sure, for sure. So, so there's a lot of change, a lot of technical change going on there, moving from monolith to to microservices, continuous integration, continuous deployment, language changes, etc. Um, we don't do any of these technical changes just for fun. Um, what what are some of the challenges you're solving for? What do you what are you looking into for in terms of outcomes of making those architectural changes? So one of the major changes that we've been uh, implementing over the last year is becoming much, much more cognizant um, and, uh, shall I say, respect, respectful of data. So uh, a lot of websites, um, and, I, and I should say I'm biased, uh, I, I've spent the last three years immersed in data science, so I'm, I'm mm-hmm. definitely very uh, heavily data biased, but... Um, a lot of websites have been uh, historically been very focused on, on caching content of just being able to respond to queries quickly um, and have been less concerned about understanding real-time behavior or using that information to provide a better user experience. Um, now, obviously, some of the, the larger companies we all know um, do uh, do that. The Googles of the world, nowadays the Twitters of the world, there's many that do use that, that data. But that... Um, for a, a lot of websites, it's actually been a second um, a second tier priority. Um, for us, we've seen that be uh, the key to, to, to succeeding long term, and so we've been moving towards understanding how we can start collecting data across all of our integration points, all of our websites, at massive scale, um, and you know, understanding whether that's going to be sort of, uh, the equivalent of Kinesis or Kafka if we're using you know in AWS or um, just understanding how you take massive streams of data, process them in real time or semi-real time, 
and use those to build a better product. Um, and that's that's a real that's a real challenge when you're moving from sort of that that standard view of just serving information to people without that closed loop of understanding what are they doing with that data absolutely. how are they interacting and, with the and, system and as we experimenting with changes that, to the system um, being able to represent those that's that's a uh, that's next level uh, operations as well it, it is next level of operations that help it, it, it makes it makes a it gives a, a great deal of opportunity it allows us to be much more responsive in terms of resource allocation. Um, and much more responsive in terms of getting our editors and our content providers uh, real-time feedback. Excellent, excellent. That's a really – it is the next generation of how we build things and, and clearly working in, in data science, you, you get that. But I think um, in, in the past it's sort of felt like uh, once we get the system up and running and reasonably performant, it's job done, whereas really that's only the, the beginning of the journey and uh, now we have to understand how the system is being used and where we can improve it as well. Yeah, um, and, and so, so, so one of the other aspects is, is really understanding how we, we start building out uh, teams that are able to run independently. Um, and that's really why the microservices architecture has become uh, so core to where we need to go. Um, and empowering each team with a set of responsibilities around things like data collection and, and leveraging that, but also being able to operate uh, quickly and be able to provide new uh, new features, new functionality, uh, without being uh, interdependent on a, on, a, on what amounts to a very complex system. So, so you raise a really interesting point, which is the operational model and how that ties into the business model as well. Would you say you're moving more to um, product centric teams? Is it is a DevOps model? How are you how are you structuring the teams around those microservices and, and the ownership scope of those microservices? Yeah, so we, we are definitely moving towards a, a product-centric uh, folk, uh, uh, team division. Um, the, 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 it, and, and to be honest, it's, it's still a sort of open-ended question of how we, uh, where, where we go from here. So right now we've moved the team into five primary products. Um, what, uh, the, the, current, the current idea and the discussion is, is rethinking that around uh, data flow, and so some of the some of the teams the teams actually do align with data flow, but understanding how um, how we think about that is is complex for us because we have uh, end user facing products. We have the website, we have the mobile apps, um, and what we call Giphy DVR, um, and each of these has got effectively different user bases, different code bases, different interactions. But then we have a significant portion of our user base is actually um, coming through our public-facing public API. Um, so our Facebook integrations, our Slack integrations, our Twitter and Tinder integrations all come through there. To us, that's obviously a, a, a valuable product. Um, and we both power uh, some of our products internally through the API, but also have that exposed uh, to the outside world. So we're currently in the middle of trying to understand how to make sure that um, everyone can get served well. Um, we've, we've traditionally gone through, uh, looked at a model where the API powers all of our internal products. Um, and now we're looking at seeing what can we do to, to allow our internal products to move even faster. Um, and so that's where we're looking at second layers of domain-driven microservices that sort of encapsulate functionality um, on top of a set of uh, internal services. Mm, that's fascinating because it, it, all, all the changes I'm seeing at the moment architecturally-wise or for people who are really pushing the envelope, it really is revolving around 
speed and being able to make a lot of change very quickly but also safely. So it sounds like that's uh, that's something your team has bought into in a significant way. Absolutely, yeah. And, I mean, we've, we've had to, you know, everything we do is really focused on on that as the primary mechanism. How do we how do we make massive architectural changes in a way that is able that, that is consistent across all products? Uh, so we've also moved to a mono repo, or, or rather, we are moving to a mono repo for that exact same reason. Ah, interesting. Very interesting. So, Anthony, where can people find Giphy? Where can they use it? Well, where should they be looking? Uh, uh, well, I mean, the, the obvious one is, is Giphy.com. Um, the, uh, uh, we also recently released the iMessage uh, application. So if you have an iPhone and you uh, click on the little image link, you can download it and send your friends GIFs through uh, that integration, uh, which is doing rather well and, and seems to be getting a lot of traction. Um, the, um, uh, one of our... One of our uh, premier partners, well, we have many premier partners, but uh, the, the ones that sort of come to mind is, as the most, as the best known ones are going to be Facebook, Twitter, uh, and uh, Tinder. Uh, so I, a lot of people around the world are flirting with uh, GIFs from mm-hmm. Giphy, uh, which, and, 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 and just on a side note, sometimes those GIFs do actually come from people in the company. Um, or rather, uh, our gifts are people in the company, which makes for some very strange conversations occasionally. <laughs> can imagine. Explain some of that stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, um, the um, but uh, you know we we are we are deeply integrated not only there to end users, but also now we're getting um, more and more visibility in in the, in the press. So. Um, uh, with the, uh, the the VMAs from uh, MTV and um, a lot of other uh, uh, the, the Grammys, uh, not Grammys, um, uh, Emmys. Sorry, the Emmys recently um, uh, also started uh, posting our gifts on on the Twitter feed and, and really leveraging us as part of the media campaign. Fantastic. So, so lots of touch points. In fact, I'd say most of our users, uh, so users, listeners, I should say, have used uh, Giphy in some way, shape, or form. Although they may have called it Jiffy, I don't know. I can't say for sure what as, they would have as called it. As long as they can type it correctly, I don't mind. <laughs> That's right. Excellent, Anthony. Thanks so much for joining us today. It's been great to have a chat with you, and um, and uh, good luck with the continuing evolution of the architecture. Thank you. And thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone, for listening. As always, we do love to get your feedback, AWS podcast at amazon.com. And until next time, keep on building.